0: Um, Matthew chapter 7 uh, verse 24 is towards the end of what we know is uh, what we call the Sermon on the Mount, which is the first big long speech that Jesus gives in his life. And uh, this is how he ends it, and with these four... um, Warnings, some people say, and it's kind of fire and brimstone-y. Uh, so if you're visiting here and you have expectations of church, I'm going to give it to you today. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but we want you to know something uh, for real. We, we really start uh, from a position of God's love. We believe that God loves all of us. Um, but, but we acknowledge that there's times when the people who love us need to kind of confront us. And God and Jesus are willing to do that uh, because of their love for us. And so when we have this kind of, like... It's my way or the highway message from Jesus. Uh, we think that's actually a blessing to us. We think that's beneficial to us. We think that's, it's better to know this and understand this uh, now than to know it and understand it later because we believe that everyone will know it someday and, and we are blessed with the privilege of knowing this now. So, uh, so we're going to be in Matthew chapter 7. Uh, I've got about 15 minutes and if you know me... This is going to be fast. <laughs> so I'm going to talk really fast, uh, but you can listen to the recording online and, uh, and slow it down and that kind of stuff if you want to. Alright, so uh, when Jesus is speaking, he's speaking in a very Jewish context in the first century Israel. And he's speaking around in his area where he did most of his ministry is around this big lake. They called it a sea, the Sea of Galilee. We would call it a lake uh, in our context because we have an actual ocean over there that's significantly bigger. Uh, but the Sea of Galilee around it in the summer months when it would get uh, like really dry, it was very sandy around it. And that sand would get very, very hard, all right? And you would walk on it and you would think it's like firm. You would think it's like rock. But then when it would start raining, that sand would turn to mush and, and would be very, um, like, not very firm. You'd sink into it. Or if you had something on it, if you left your boat sitting on it, your boat would start to sink into it, all right? And so there's this very, there's like this local understanding of, of what this is so if you were to build in the area and you're local or you listen to local expertise and local practice you would know that if you come in the summertime which is good building time because it's not raining you would maybe be tempted to just build whatever you're building your house or your building just on that hard packed sand because it's hard as concrete it's sitting there and you would think yeah this makes sense easy right But then when it got wet, your building would start to shift and it would fall down. It would become destroyed. If you listened to the local people and you understood the local building expertise, you would know that you need to, even though it's hard, even though it seems like a great foundation, you actually need to dig down into it, down to like a bedrock or a solid foundation, a solid place to begin your building there. And so all of their buildings that were well-built by locals, actually, if they were in a sandy area, would actually go down into the sand uh, and they would be dug out so that they could have a foundation that was on something solid so that when the earth became mushy around them, it didn't affect their building. Their building. If you're not a builder at all, if you build on something mushy, it falls down. All right. <laughs> I know some of us never had Legos and stuff like that. Imagine if you were trying to build Legos on your parents' waterbed, right? And every time you moved, it, it fell over and stuff like that. So, um, maybe I just revealed I was grew up in the 70s, but. Uh, <laughs> So if you, you can imagine this solid foundation and this mushy foundation. When Jesus is talking, he gives these four warnings at the end of his sermon. And this is the fourth one. This week is the fourth one. And the warnings have been that there's two paths. There's the path to following Jesus, and there's the path to destruction. There's two kinds of prophets, or two kinds of preachers. Life-giving and destructive. There's two kinds of disciples of Jesus. Actual disciples, and false disciples, or fake disciples. Alright? And then Jesus actually says there's two foundations. There's a real deep dug, solid foundation or you have the option of building your foundation on the sand. And so when he's giving this warning, he gives an illustration uh, and in his context, everyone would have understood this right away. Around the Sea of Galilee to the people he was talking to and the very agricultural, you didn't grow up and go off and get a job. You worked and you built your family and then you started your own family right next door And, and this was how life was. So when Jesus gives this a uh, little metaphor, uh, he's, he's, everyone would understand exactly what he's talking about. So let me read this. These are Jesus' own words. If you have a Bible, these are red letters. Um, I'm going to read verses 24, 25, 26, and 27 of chapter 7. Everyone then who hears these words of mine, of Jesus' and does them, will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Uh, he says, there's a wise man and a foolish man. There's a stone foundation and a sand foundation. And if you grew up where grandma brought you to Sunday school or whatever, you probably heard this story all the time because it's a good one. And you can build a craft and knock it down and the boys love it. Right? Uh, you probably sang songs to this. Uh, the rains came up and the floods, whatever. No, rains come down, floods. I did not do well at Sunday school. Can you tell? <laughs> like, I was one of the bad kids. So, um, uh, so, when you see the bad kids in Sunday school, if you're a Sunday school teacher, look what happens, alright? Um, <laughs> but there is this kind, of every, this kind of familiarity with the story if you've been exposed to the story a lot, or the story is really obvious. You're like, well, yeah, no duh. If you build a good building, it's gonna stand up. If you build a bad building, it's gonna fall down. This isn't, like, Jesus isn't giving like brain surgery or rocket science here. This is, is really simple stuff. But I I want to talk about three things that we see in here that are actually effectual for our lives as adults. That takes it away from just being uh, like a fun story or a Sunday school thing or Jesus finished a sermon and told this to the kids, right, This is real and there's some things in here that I think we experience and that we would resonate with, All The first thing is this, that Jesus refers to your foundation as everyone who hears these words of mine and does them. So there's a two-part foundation, everyone who hears and does. So there's a belief, like, and, and they would use the word hear not just to say like I audibly heard it, but hear means like I hear you, how you would say that's a slang for I understand you, right? Uh, um, so Jesus would say everyone who hears this, everyone who gets it, everyone who believes these words and puts them into action, that's a foundation. And then everyone who hears the words and doesn't put them into action, that's another foundation. And so this foundation is two-part. In our culture, we tend to say what I believe is just my foundation, right? This is um, like classical, Western uh, fundamentalism. And if you're into the history or modern history of Christianity, what we call evangelicals grew out of fundamentalism, all right? And now we're into this post-evangelical whatever. Um, And nobody knows. (laughs) A lot of people write books about it and make money off it. But uh, they don't know anything. So (laughs) we had this fundamentalism. And fundamentalism was... Here's like the building bricks. Here's the fundamentals. Here's what we're going to build off of this. And the problem with fundamentalism is people will allow themselves to become fundamentals, this, with just beliefs and not practices. So uh, things like, we believe fundamentally that God is love. And if you disagree with us, it will hurt you. We will... Uh, wage a war against those who disagree that God is love. Are you, catching, are you catching the tension there? Because we express God's love by warring against you, right? Uh, so there's, there's a problem there, because when the person is listening and you're saying, here's my foundation, and you're like, well, it's like you built a foundation, then your building went that way all of a sudden. And it's not that having fundamentals is a good thing. Having a foundation is a good thing, but it can't just be my belief system. According to Jesus, your belief system and your actions are intertwined. What you say you believe and your acting out of your belief are two different things. And your acting out is significantly more true than what you say. Do you get that? I can say a lot of things and so can you. But the way that I carry myself, the medium of my life, is the real message that my life projects. And so it's not enough to say, hey, I believe these things. Well, sorry. It's not enough for Jesus to say, I believe these things and not accompany it by action. This is why people who say, I believe in God, I could care less. <laughs> All right? All right. And, and that might be rude. Maybe you believe in God. Good for you. <laughs> All right? I don't care. Uh, because Jesus says your belief must be accompanied by action. So if you believe in God, that's not enough. You need to express your belief in God through the actions that you take in your life. Then we can have a conversation. The Bible actually has this great line that says, You believe in God? Great. So do demons. <laughs> Right, and demons believe in God a lot. (laughs) So you might believe in God a lot, and you've risen in your spirituality up to demons, according to the Bible, not according to me, uh, but according to the Bible, you're on par with a little imp that's going to burn forever. Right? (laughs) This isn't if you this I believe in Godness that we have in our culture. To Jesus is meaningless. It might be meaningful to you. It might be. It might be meaningful to your culture. But if you spoke to Jesus face to face, as we all will, and you say, good, because I believe in God, Jesus will say, show me how. He won't say, explain to me how. He will say, show me how. That's the first thing. Second thing. Everyone who hears the words... Listen to what Jesus says. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and then he compares them to a foundation. He does this in verse 24 and then he does this again in verse 26. When Jesus is speaking, he's speaking to his disciples, his followers, which would mean culturally Jesus was what's called a rabbi. And a rabbi is actually referred to the Old Testament or the Torah as the foundation for life. If That was the common phrase. What is the Torah? It's the foundation for life. What is the Torah? It's my foundation. And Jesus enters into this conversation and says, Everyone who hears these words of mine, not these words of the Old Testament, but these words of mine. Not these words of God, but these words of mine. Everyone who hears these words and puts them into practice is building a solid foundation. Jesus actually refers to his own words on par with the words of Scripture that are known to be God's words. If you want to know why they killed Jesus, this is why. (laughs) Jesus actually throws out there, Hey, so you know, I'm God. And when the people heard this, they would say, Wait, you said, (laughs) Jesus, you messed up what you said there. You said your words are the foundation. You probably mean the Torah, like God's words are the foundation. Because that's what everybody says. That's accepted. That's what we know. And Jesus actually says, No, well, guess what? My words are the words of God. This is a hugely volatile statement. Jesus isn't just saying, hey, be good. Believe in me and be nice. Jesus is saying, I am God. Like, I am on par with God. This is why if you believe in God, I care even less now. Because I want to know if you believe in Jesus. A lot of people believe in God, right? We're entering this award season. I love award seasons because, well, and this is part of the reason I love rap music. You'll hear a song, and you know this, right? And it is a terrible song. Not only because it's rap music, but also, (laughs) I actually like rap music, but that was good for some of you. Um, But not only is it probably just a terrible song, but it also is offensive, it also is derogatory, it also objectifies women, right? It, it goes through all this whole list of things that God doesn't appreciate. And then they get up and say, I want to thank God, right? And God's like, what? <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I don't know what God said. God probably appreciates it, because he's nicer than me. But uh, there is this, uh, it just... When you talk about God, it's incredibly easy to talk about God, right? God bless America. Everyone is expected to end their speeches with that line. And nobody goes. Now, who are you talking about when you say that? Or which God are you referring to? Are are we talking about the same God? Because this word God is just kind of out there. But if you were to throw out the word Jesus, you're aligning yourself... With an understanding of who God is, you're saying that Jesus is God, which sets the Christian faith apart from all other faiths. When we say that Jesus is the Son of God, the sole, lone, only Son of God, and He is God, that sets us apart from every other faith system on this planet in history. An understanding of God being one and God being three. What we call the Trinity. We can't explain it. We can't understand it. But that understanding of Trinity, if you were to read our, our doctrinal statements, it begins with Trinity. Before it begins with the Bible, before we talk about the Bible and how much we believe in the Scripture, we talk about God and who He is, Jesus and who He is, and the Holy Spirit and who He is or She. If you need the Holy Spirit to be a girl, you can do that. Because sometimes the pronouns are feminine, but whatever. (laughs) You can argue with the Holy Spirit later. Everyone who hears the words of Jesus, actually hears the words of God. So not only are we saying, first of all, uh, that there is a hearing and a doing, but it's the hearing and doing of the actual words of Jesus, which are the words of God. So through this Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus has been saying... You've heard it said this, but I say this. You've heard this is a blessing, but I say this is a blessing. And you can read chapters 5, 6, and 7, and Jesus absolutely rejects some of the religious notions of his day and says it's like this over here. Jesus is saying this isn't just my interpretation. This is the actual word of God. Jesus isn't some philosopher who's come to give his spin on it. Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament Jesus is what you're looking for Jesus is what everyone is looking for and he is God third and this is a good one everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who builds his house on a rock and the rains fell and the floods came and the wind blew and beat on that house and then for the foolish person the rains came the rains fell And the floods came, and the wind blew, and beat against the house. Everyone, this is the great news, every one of you are going to experience what Jesus refers to as storms in your life. And not just a little storm. Not just like the rain, it might be like a rainy day. The rain will fall, the floods will come, and it will actually, the wind will beat against your house. And you will sit there and you will wonder, is my house going to stand against this? And the difference between a house that stands and a house that doesn't, a faith that stands and a faith that doesn't, is the foundation. It's not how good the house looks up here for everyone to see. It is the foundation. The knowing and the practicing of the words of Jesus. I promise you, life is going to get hard. If it's not this morning, it will. Maybe this afternoon. (laughs) I always think of like those books in the bookstore where the guy's like, have your best life, or everybody's happy. And Jesus will write a book saying, it's gonna suck soon, (laughs) right? It's okay to be happy, and it's okay to have your best life. And I really do believe in living, I live a victorious, blessed life. I love my life. But I will tell you, there are going to be times that get incredibly, incredibly difficult. I'm going to go over, but I want to share this with you. And I want you to know this for real. Uh, That this isn't something that I just think is conceptual, but it's something that is real. Real in my life, and real in your life. We had... um, about five years ago, uh, my dad, my parents live on the East Coast in Canada, if you don't know me. And, uh, and my dad, um, he was diagnosed with dementia. All right? He was 55. He's going to turn 60 next year now. Uh, it was the weirdest experience. And if you've lost your father, especially if you're an oldest son, it's a very, very weird experience um, to sit there with your parents and have them go, so what do you want when we die, Right? And then you say, "Well, I don't want your car," and they get offended by that. And and you're like, "Well, it's kind of you know, I can't import it to the states uh, because it won't make it." But uh, but there is this, you know, it's a weird experience. And and for some, I don't understand it. My dad now is apparently healed. I don't get it. All right, I don't. I don't. We, me and my dad. My dad loves Jesus more than anybody I know. And he sat down and he said, "Well." If this is how God has for me to die, all right, fine. Because he has this foundation. He knows Jesus personally, and he lives out the words of Jesus in his life. On his medical chart, I've shared this before, on his medical chart, the doctor said he was delusional, part of his suffering, because he was fine. Because he said, the rains are coming down, the floods are coming up, and it's a big flood when you're looking at death. Uh, the wind is bleeding against my house. But my house will stand. My faith will hold secure. You probably have similar stories. I can tell you this. Um, tomorrow, either, it's either tomorrow or Tuesday, uh, my mom's going in for surgery because they found cancer inside of her. Alright? Uh, and it is as stressful as you can possibly imagine. Uh, I'm the, their oldest kid, and so I'm the responsible one. <laughs> <laughs> that's a terrible insult to the rest of my family and so it's probably not true but, um, but I'm the one who pretends to be responsible and to live this far away I'll tell you I've had sleepless nights I've had a bad appetite. I went to a trampoline place yesterday with my son and noticed that I haven't exercised in three weeks. All right, uh, my shoulders are killing, and uh, uh, it is, and I have 35-year-old disease. I'm 35, uh, so uh, that means I think I'm still 20. But when you, uh, if you if you're a praying person and you want to pray for my family, that'd be awesome. But I'll tell you what, no matter what happens. In my parents' life or in my life, this doesn't mean it's going to be all rainbows, right? Like it sucks. It sucks a lot. But even though the rains are going to fall, and even though the floods are going to rise, and even though the wind's going to blow against the house, I am going to survive it not because I have some cool technique, not because of my friends. Like I have. I've told this. This isn't news to my close friends. So, you, so, my very, very. I have an inner. I have a circle of guys like, that are like my brothers, and uh, um, they will email me and text me and those kinds of things. But I'm not going to survive it because I have friends who support me. I'm not going to survive it because I know the Bible. I'm not going to survive it because I'm a pastor. The reason that we survive things, and I don't mean survive like a live, like people are going to die. But the reason that my faith won't shatter is because of the foundation that is built. Because I know Jesus and I practice his words. The difference between someone whose faith falls apart and someone whose faith lasts is not a cool technique. It's not a self-help book. It's not advice from your friends. It's not a big prayer network. Those things are all great. Like it's fun, you know. So those things are like siding on your house or a roof on your house. If a flood's coming, I don't care how pretty your Christmas lights are. It's going down. And your house will last based on the foundation that you built. This is what I want to challenge you to today. I need to end. <laughs> if I went too long, that's okay. Don't come back next week. Um. <laughs> so uh. The, building this foundation is not something that's like highfalutin and hard. Okay? Building a foundation with Jesus, it begins with saying, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe in you in the way that I believe in who you say you are, that you are God, that you died to pay for my sins, and that you rose again because even death can't hold you down. That Jesus has ultimate victory, and so you put your full faith and trust in Jesus, we use words like salvation, alright, being saved. And then this foundation is just knowing the words and then putting them into practice. That's all there is, that's all there is to it. There isn't like, I need to know the words and then I need to go to Umbu Batu and be a missionary or I need to plant a church or something like that. All of that stuff is decoration. It doesn't matter when the rains come and the flood rises and the wind blows what matters is the foundation that you built and what's great is the foundation is not you the foundation is Jesus isn't that super? my faith won't fail not because of me but because of who Jesus is and your faith won't fail not because of you not because of how good you are or how much of a Christian you are but because of who Jesus is And because Jesus is God. And when your storm comes, it might be today, it might be tomorrow, it's coming. What will be tested is the foundation that you have built your faith upon. Let me pray for you. And can you stand up? I want to pray for you in that way. Well, actually, I'd like to pray for us. Me too. Our God, some of us have just a junk foundation that we've been building our lives on and we want to repent of that and turn to you today God some of us have no foundation we don't believe for some reason we haven't believed in foundations we just kind of aren't building anything it's just kind of moving along today God I pray that you enable us to dig deep to really get into who you are your word your way of life, to dig deep and put that solid foundation down. God, may you work in us in a way that causes this to be our foundation. We thank you for letting us know that the storms will come so they're not a surprise. It's not a surprise when we get the phone call with terrible news it's not a surprise when we get the phone call with the worst news that we could possibly imagine but Lord when that happens we pray that the foundation that we built will be tested and tried and found to be true found to be solid and it would not fall and that fall would not be great because of who you are May you build in us, every one of us. Some Lord, maybe today is the first day they've prayed a prayer like this. For some of us, it's been years and years and years of digging deep and building that foundation. But we pray that you would be glorified in the storm. Not by some miracle. Not by the way the storm turns out. But by the lasting nature of the foundation who is Jesus Christ our Lord, and our salvation. Amen.